This is Ian, a.k.a. What Son, a.k.a. Michael K. Y'all listening to... What you listening to? Up in the Mix. Welcome to another edition of Up in the Mix, coming to you hot from the Honeycomb Hideout. Hideout. Sean, a.k.a. The Tree, a.k.a. The Narmistar, a.k.a. Not the Black Dude You Thought I Was. Uh, This is Caesar, a.k.a. De La Foto, a.k.a. Tracksuit Poppy out here, because it's cuffing season. Tracksuit season has been upon us, and uh, I'm excited to buy a new fit. It's like your favorite time of year season, Is that Caesar. Is that... (laughs) What's all with all the yeses? What's going on, Sean? (laughs) <laughs> Snake in the grass. Struggling, struggling. Uh, but yeah, no, hoodie season is uh, it's the best for me. Because it's just like you get to wear the Tims out, you get to wear the track suits, you get to, you know, uh, cuffing season as well, you know. <laughs> it's also good, you know, to watch whatever your favorite streaming service and, you know, hang out with the boo-boo. Yeah, it's that time of year. Mm-hmm. But we have a special guest this week. Yes. He is joining us. He is a fellow podcaster. He is a man about town with his, he talks to, you know, a lot of people who are are making important decisions and have uh, great conversations (laughs) about what's going on in the biggest little city. So welcome to the show, Connor McQuivy from the Reno Lights podcast. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how do you feel about fall? Are you, are you into, are you one of those people that's into fall or? I like fall. I tend to complain about every season in a different way <laughs> and love every season in a different way. Like I've always said that I'm a very big summer person. I spend a lot of time up at the lake. Um, but this year summer kind of sucked and it was smoky all year. Right? So now I'm like, Hey, mm-hmm. fall sounds great. It's actually kind of <laughs> awesome. Looking forward to it. But Give me like a couple weeks if it's going to be snowing and stuff. I'll be like, oh, winter sucks. This is terrible. Yeah. Why can't it be summer again? So, but no, I do like fall. It's like yeah. most like normal livable weather. I can go for a walk. Like Reno's pretty good all year round, but fall's pretty nice for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I mean it's the third best season. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's crazy how you were saying summers. Like it's been like five years since we had like a really good summer mm-hmm. because all the smoke and everything like that has just been tough. Yeah, I think my notion of I love summer is just based on, like, years ago. Like, I loved summer once, but then that just kind of stuck <laughs> in my head, being like, oh, yeah, I really love summer. I love the summer of 2013. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, when you were, like, 16 years old and had, like, the best summer of your life or Yeah, something. just, like, solidified yeah. there. <laughs> summer's, li- summer's living off those past vibes. Yeah. <laughs> At least the stuff like, gave like, up. Like some old people we know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... We'll start off this week with a story time. I've got a story time this week. This Ooh. was a short, nothing crazy. Just mm-hmm. as uh, from hype, know, from hype, be Sean. Yeah, you know, I don't often dress up, you know, unless I have uh, something I find <laughs> that's just super funny. And like I was joking, you know, the kids were like, "What should you dress? Are you gonna dress up?" Yeah. I'm like, "What would I even dress up as?" I was like, you know what I should dress up? I was like, I should dress up as like a hype beast or like a fuck boy. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't think I could dress up like a fuck boy and like say that all day <laughs> explain yeah. it to people and be a fuck boy yeah only. yeah mm-hmm. but i was like i'll dress as a hype beast <laughs> yeah so you know i was thinking like you know all right it's like wednesday <laughs> samantha and i went to uh shout out to coffee and comics and spoken views we went to their the they had a spooky slam at, at coffee and comics and mm-hmm. i was like you know what do you think you could make me a bunch of supreme stickers on your cricket and like a couple <laughs> champ like logos She's like, I don't mind. I'm like, this is like eight o'clock when we got home. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm like, it, this is. It would be so funny. 
And she's like, okay. So she came home and she made a bunch of them. And like, we got some. I'm like, what do you think? Should I, should I, should I staple it on or clear packing tape? So I got like packing tape <laughs> and like picked out like an outfit and, uh, and taped all the Supreme and Champion stickers uh, on everything. And she had like a little like wraparound fanny type bag. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. I like, I'm wearing the vest. And I'm like, which pair? I'm like, I got to wear the most ridiculous pair of shoes I have. So mm. I went with the, the shiny gold dunks because <laughs> I was like, these are actually custom. These yeah. are actually one for one, one of one. <laughs> None of you can get this. And yeah, so I had a good time. Walked in Thursday morning. I had like four different pairs of like sunglasses to wear for like each period and to like change the drip throughout <laughs> the day. Like, I was sitting outside, I put a Supreme sticker on my mask, and this kid walked by, he's like, hell yeah. I was like, what you doing about this drip, son? <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta keep the drip wet. Oh, it was great. Mm-hmm. Like, and, I, and, like, I would be in character at the beginning of class, just walking in. Yo, like, respect yo. the drip god! Like, <laughs> just being super ridiculous. And, like, the kids were like, some, like, by the time lunch came, they are like, oh, I saw you on someone's story. Like, <laughs> talk about your drip. <laughs> I like how by lunch it already went around the school. <laughs> it was great. I had it's, it's to, the internet. I was laughing the entire time. Like I was like sitting there giggling like a little kid, like putting on the Supreme stickers yeah. on my sweats. Like, oh my god, this is perfect. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. So what, yeah, what, a great what, time for Halloween. Yeah, what the hype beasts think out there? The high school hype beasts. Like a couple of kids. It was so fun. There were two reactions. Okay. Like one reaction would be like laughing because they understood. Mm-hmm. Like in one period, like the sh- like the guy's like, I hate people like this. And she's he's like this girl's like, that's the whole point. Like yeah. that's why he's doing this. <laughs> but then like other kids, like I was walking through the hall, like yeah, Supreme. <laughs> I'm just like you're hype. <laughs> you're one of me. I'm making fun of you, you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> like I got uh, the LRG the champion collabo. This isn't even out yet. This is nah. twenty 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 five. So yeah. <laughs> you're a you're a what you call it a uh, uh, what's it on Instagram? A fucking um, trendsetter. Not a trendsetter. A uh, there's a word. It's not like a creative. I forget. Um, like a brand something. Oh, like, oh. A, like an influencer. Influencer. Yeah. That's the fucking word. Yeah, Thank yeah. you, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> I had like these ridiculous sunglasses I got at like a Kanye West concert in 2008. Yeah, like, eight or seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, these are the... I was uh, at that one. <laughs> what did I say? I was like, this is the Gucci construction glasses. <laughs> these are the Gucci safety glasses. Yeah. They're coming out in January, but you know, I got the, I got the connect. I got the plug. <laughs> Uh, it was great. That's was a great. great. Time. I I loved watching you on the internet that day from <laughs> from my house as I was working from home. Uh, you know you gotta have fun sometimes, and if mm-hmm. you can't laugh at yourself, yeah, if you can't be ridiculous, yeah. Uh, you know uh, what are you doing in life? Definitely. But, uh, but we got a question of the week. Yes, right. And this is the, you know all themed. We've been talking mm-hmm. about the last couple weeks. It's the holiday season. How do you two feel about Halloween? I don't know. For me, I, I usually don't dress up for Halloween. Like, I rarely, rarely don't. And I just, like, you know, go to Halloween parties and, like, just have fun. But I just don't dress up. But now that I have a kid, it's just, I don't know. It's awesome for her to, like, go out and, like, have fun and, you know, do things. All She was, like, Scooby-Doo this year. So she's all about Scooby-Doo. And 
It's just uh, a different uh, outlook with the kid now, you know? Her enjoying enjoying going out and getting candy and dad checking if there's poison. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for drugs. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, what's this, Skittles? Let me try these things yeah. real quick. No, 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 no. Yeah, no I, drugs again? Right. <laughs> oh, let's no, try the next the, one. The inner tells me, like, everyone's just giving away all their edibles to kids, right? That's mm-hmm. that's what you got to worry I mean, for. Is, like, everyone's this, just giving away their expensive ass edibles overflow, to whatever kid yeah. comes up to the door. Overflow of edibles, like... <laughs> People just have too many edibles. They're trying to get kids high. Like, yeah. I never, I, no. I don't think that's how that works. No, no. Uh, are you a <laughs> big Halloween guy, Connor? I'm not. I I like Halloween. I like the season. I like the decorations. It's, it's like, the most fun, I think, of the holidays. There's parties. And, like, in, uh, it's definitely, like, it's fun. It's outgoing. But I don't like costumes that much. I get, mm, hard like, same. I... I wear the same things all the time. Like I'm not a fashion person. I'm not like a style person at all. So Halloween is this time where you're supposed to like put on a costume, put on an outfit and like act like someone else, be like someone else. And I just get like wildly uncomfortable. If I have to ever wear like a suit, I feel the same way. If I have to like (laughs) wear something that is not my normal style, I just feel sort of uh, just like weird and inauthentic and just like uncomfortable in general. And Halloween costumes always stress me out because I'm like, okay, like – you have to be creative. What are you going to be like? Ed, you know, I have a beard, so it like takes a lot of like popular characters or whatever off the <laughs> table, right? Like, like, I'm not you, shaving my beard for, right. the, yeah. for one night. Yeah. Heck no, 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 no. <laughs> but I mean, you could do a costume and just like leave your beard and yeah. be like the bearded version or whatever. But just the whole thing around costumes kind of like stresses me out and gives me a little anxiety. So I'm like, I skip all the costume stuff, but I like the season in general. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fun. Yeah. It's spooky. Like, yeah. people really. Get I mean, into it's a, it. it's a to me, it's a kids' holiday. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, kids should have fun. Kids should be dressing up, and like we all remember, you know, that one time we dressed up as Blink, and, and yeah. we, you know, like that was all we wanted to do. Like, my uh, my niece and nephews, I have three of them. They're f- all five, and like they're so excited. Like to dress up. Like my nephew's been wearing his Black Panther costume for weeks. Like <laughs> he's so excited. And like yeah. that's what I. But like again, adults always try and steal this shit from the kids. Yes. And make it. And I'm like, look, if you want to have a Halloween party, that's cool. Like mm-hmm. dress up like I like you were saying. Don't worry about trying to like. To me, like either wear like you know a basic costume, not trying to be you know stick with the classics. Don't try and go overboard unless you have something that's super funny or like you know like a group theme or something. That's cool, but people just go out of control about it, and then it becomes like this huge thing. Like relax, okay? We real like we realize like mm-hmm. life sucks in 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 the twentieth century, the twenty first century. Like existence is hard. You know, we might be witnessing the crashing of humanity. <laughs> Just relax about trying to escape. Everything can't be yeah crazy, you know. Right. I also like I think that gay people love Halloween, and it's our chance to like go all slutty, do all these super fun things, like party, 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 and like. That also is this social pressure where it's like, I'm not the hottest one. I'm not like, I don't have the like the slutty version of the costume. Like, the gays do this too. <laughs> Same way the girls do for Halloween. Uh, You're and just like super creative, like yeah. crafter yeah. coming up yeah, with. Yeah, like the slutty cop. <laughs> right. And, and like, like that. that's that's not my vibe at all. So I'm like, oh man, like some of these events, some of these gatherings, I'm like, yeah. okay, definitely out of place here. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you got the bearded slut costume. <laughs> Yeah, like at first they were like, "What are you gonna dress up as?" I was like, "I don't know, a, a broke, tired teacher." <laughs> I was like, "That's too realistic." <laughs> uh, well, uh, tell us about yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, how how did you come to be sitting here in this basement on a Saturday morning? 
Oh man, let's see. So I'm from Reno originally. So nice. like I consider myself a like pretty serious devotee of the city of Reno. Where'd you go to high school? I went to McQueen for two years, and then I went to TMCC High School, which mm. was rad. Like super awesome to get cool. like a head start on college. And also, I was not into uh, like traditional high school vibes. And McQueen is a very much like a traditional high school vibes kind of school. I think um, I wasn't into sports, wasn't into clubs, all that kind of stuff. So it was the second year that TMCC high school was available. And I was like, cool, peace. going to go pretend I'm a grown up. Um, you know, like <laughs> that's what everyone's doing anyway. Yeah. Right. I, I always wanted to be a grown up just in general when I was a kid. I was like, can't wait to like live in my own place and have my own car and have my own life and all that kind of thing. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I went to TMCC for a couple of years and then uh, I, I went to UNLV. So I moved away when I was, 17 uh and lived most of my adult life in vegas and portland and oakland and then a few oh, years wow. ago all over the west coast yeah mm-hmm. totally and so like i always thought reno was a small town i was like i want to live somewhere bigger i want to live somewhere more exciting you and were not then, wrong right yeah <laughs> but i did it and i lived in these cities that are bigger and there's more going on and i appreciated it and i i liked a lot of things about it but a few years ago uh 2017 ish um i was like you know what Maybe Reno's not so bad. Maybe I should check it out. My family is here. Um, and I wanted to kind of settle down somewhere a little bit more sustainable. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was living in the Bay Area and it was like wildly expensive. I was working a ton. I had uh, just like not the life that I wanted. And I was like, oh, wait a second. I can live in Reno super cheaper. Uh, not so much now anymore. But, <laughs> Very true. you know, like at the time, Reno was so much cheaper uh, and still is compared to the Bay Area. Um, and... It turned out to be that Reno got really cool while I was gone. I was gone for 15 or 16 years, and while I was gone, uh, Reno got like a food and drink scene, and Midtown turned into an actual like desirable neighborhood, and like all these things changed in Reno while I was mm-hmm. gone. So it's been really rad being back the last few years and kind of rediscovering my hometown from the perspective of an adult who's like trying to be an adult here, from someone who's lived in bigger cities and like found what I like and don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been awesome. So, like, I've kind of, like, fallen in love with Reno as an adult in a way that I never could when I was a kid. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people have experienced that, but I, yeah. you have that perfect – you you moved away. Like, how old are you? Uh, 38. Just turned 38. Oh, yeah. So you're our age. Like, mm-hmm. my brother, like, is the same thing. He moved away in, like, 2002 and has never been back here. And I'm like – you wouldn't recognize, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's only here, you know, for like a couple of days for Christmas. Or right. Like you wouldn't recognize Reno, you know, now compared to what it was when you left almost 20 years ago. Like, totally. yeah. It's almost been 20 years. It's a completely yeah, different city in some respects. Yeah. And, uh, a, and a better one, I think. I mean, I think a lot of people are critical of kind of how Reno's changed over the years and stuff. And we have this kind of sense of nostalgia for uh, what it was like back in the day or mm-hmm. whatever. But um, I think Reno's only gotten better. You know, yeah. I think like the Hard cultural improvements, the food, drinks, the... Like, a lot of stuff is so much better now than it was mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I think when I was like, oh, Reno sucks. It's boring. There's nothing to do here when I was a kid. That wasn't a lie. Reno did kind of suck. Yeah. It was kind of boring. Yeah. There was nothing to do here, yeah. uh, especially for young people. And now that is not the case at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're so spoiled. We had, yeah. to, we had to work hard <laughs> to create all this cool shit. No, right? exactly. No. And like, like you said, it took a long time because, like, I always say Reno's last in everything. So it's just like took 15, 20 years for that to happen, you know, to be okay, you yeah. know, not necessarily like a best city or, you know, because there is a lot of, you know, when the city's growing, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things they got to weave through and do things like that, but it's definitely way better. I mean, Nevada yeah. is, is like, even, <laughs> even I'm sure Vegas has changed a lot oh, since yeah. you first mm-hmm. moved there. Since I first oh, went there, sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, how would you rank those cities? Vegas, Portland, 
Oakland. and Oakland compared to Reno and, and, to, and to each other because mm-hmm. they're very different. They're all West Coast cities, but yeah. you know they each they're very different. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, there's things to like about all of them. I think as far as like the size of a city, Reno beats them all like by far. I think we're like around half a million people in the Reno metro area, and being able to drive wherever you want in 15 minutes is mm-hmm. amazing. Being it's not able super to, sprawled, yeah. Right, being able to park wherever, like the size of Reno your ability to get around and and see the city and do things in town without dealing with like the hassles of big city traffic and just all that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a huge, huge asset I think for Reno compared to all these other bigger cities. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think like food and drink scene Reno's coming up, but it's nothing like Portland I think is one of the best food cities that I've lived in. Uh, part of the thing that makes that happen is I think this is the case where the, the liquor licensing organization requires bars to serve food. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's completely like exactly the way it works, but generally yeah. uh, every bar has to have some kind some of prepared kind of food. food. Mm-hmm. So that means that every bar in your neighborhood, every dive bar, whatever, they all got a kitchen and they're all trying to compete to have good food. So mm. you have this like really good bar food everywhere you go Interesting. and mm-hmm. it's all relatively affordable because everyone's competing on price. Too. Yeah. Like no one wants to be like the most expensive burger in town. Yeah. So you got these like, amazing like eight dollar burgers at some bars or whatever um so food scene i think portland kills it uh i don't have that much good to say about vegas uh, <laughs> no that's very true yeah. I used to live there too. <laughs> yeah i mean they, no I one does vegas, <laughs> vegas is getting way better so i went yeah. to back to vegas a couple years ago for the first time in a while and i stayed downtown like uh where it's been the container really, park and everything yeah, 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 all yeah. That. and i was i was blown away because when i was living there in like early 2000s that was just like the Fremont Street area. It was like yeah. the the cheaper area for the tourists, whatever. Yeah. There was nothing hip about it, nothing no. cool yeah. about it. There was only uh, the Griffin and Beauty Bar. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, that's yeah, all we used to go spots. to. That was it. That's it. Yeah. Like, uh, but now there's a bunch. Now there's like tons of bars. It's mm-hmm. like very hip, very cool. So um, my my impressions of Vegas, I think, are probably based on an earlier time. So mm-hmm. shouldn't be too critical. <laughs> um, and I love the Bay Area. Like I loved living in Oakland. Um, like. Being near a big city, like a real big city, was something that I always wanted when I was mm-hmm. a kid. And living in Oakland and being in the Bay Area, you kind of got that experience, which I really appreciated. But again, like the downsides is big city stuff, right? Like I don't want to have to commute for an Expensive, hour or tour. Yeah. Like the yeah. last place I lived, I was actually in El Cerrito because I couldn't afford to live. So I grew place. up basically in El Cerrito. Yeah. Okay. El Cerrito, Richmond. My my mother is from El Cer- like grew up in El Cerrito. So, uh, yeah, I'm very familiar with the East Bay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was fine. Like, I liked my neighborhood and everything. But for me to get to work, it's like, okay, so I got a 15-minute walk to the bar. I got to be on the train for, like, 40 minutes. Uh, I got to walk through downtown. Like, it's – there's a lot to it. Mm-hmm. Where here in Reno, I'm like, oh, cool. I can, like, walk somewhere in five minutes. Or I can, like, jump in my car and be somewhere in 10 minutes. Yeah, like, my drive to work, I'm so spoiled. Because <laughs> I work – yeah, I teach at Reno. So, it's like yeah. a five-minute drive down the street. Yeah. And, you know, I think about that in the morning when I'm getting ready. Like, uh, like yeah, when we lived in the Bay Area, my dad commuted an hour, mm-hmm. you know, depending on traffic, up to an hour and a half every day. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so much time. It's almost Gone. like a 12-hour workday after that. You yeah, know, totally. Like, an extra three hours plus your eight hours, that's 11 you know, yeah. uh, where were you like just downtown San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah. Or? I was working in the financial district. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. so it wasn't too far. Like I got off on Embarcadero. Yeah, right. So like not, mm-hmm. not too extreme, but yeah, every time I hear people complain about traffic in Reno, I'm like, you come on, that. man. Yeah. Like until you sit for <laughs> over an hour on the Bay bridge, yeah. just like 
deadlock traffic. The fact that the, track, the traffic only lasts like an hour. If that, yeah. <laughs> like, no. that's, it's like, you're It's like, is it 4.30 yeah. and yeah. you're near the spaghetti bowl? Yeah. yeah. Then there's no traffic ever. Right. No. It's yeah, or if you're at the spaghetti bowl, you wait for like 10 minutes. You're like, I can't believe this. This is an outrage. Like, bro, that's slow down. That is, that is 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Calm yourself. No. And like a lot of people, they don't understand that because- you know, they they don't sit in that traffic. Oh, yeah, for and sure. And it's just crazy. Like, yeah, cause, you know, it's just wild to me. People don't like, yeah, we have a good traffic. Yeah. yeah, I think I think there's a lot of people in Reno who are complaining a lot about how Reno is changing, who have never left Reno and have no idea what other cities are like. And they don't no. realize that cities grow Nail. and change and adapt. Yeah. Nailhead. Right? No, because that's what we say all the time. The average person in Reno doesn't travel. No. So, like, they don't, they've never been in New York City, like, uh, downtown. They've never been to right? a real city, yeah. a real state yeah. that, like, mm-hmm. you know, has to deal with all these other problems that Reno's just beginning to experience. Oh, yeah. yeah, they see, like, a homeless person and they're like, oh, my God, it's a takeover. It's yeah, like, I never liked bro, this when you, I was a kid. You have yeah. not You've seen. never been to Portland? No. Or, uh, walk underneath any bridge in Portland. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's wild how people exaggerate, the, yeah. like, the problems of Reno. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. That's something yes. we want to talk to you about. But uh-huh. How did you start your podcast here? I'm assuming it was something since you've moved back the last yeah. four or five years. Yeah, so I just started earlier this year, so it's a pretty new project. I've done 30, like 31, 32 episodes, something like that. That's good. So yeah. it's a, a weekly show, started in April. Uh, I'm on a short hiatus right now. I'm taking a few weeks off. Good for you. That's was, a lot. 31? Whoa, yeah. man. It was just, the burnout is real, especially because mm-hmm. yeah. I, I do it all mm-hmm. myself, and the time it takes for things like editing and uh, like promotion stuff, making audiograms, like research, oh, yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot. So I was just like feeling a little bit of burnout on the production stuff. So I'm using these few weeks now to not record any new episodes, but I'm still kind of like talking to potential guests and meeting people and doing research and figuring out what episodes I want to do, stuff like that. But yeah, I started earlier this year. I've always wanted to do something like a podcast. I love talking to people. It's like my number one thing. Uh, when I first moved home to Reno, I started hosting couch surfers. So people who were like traveling couch surfing's, uh, mm-hmm. oh, nice. like, it's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, for people who don't know, it's like, I don't like to compare it to Airbnb cause there's no money exchange. It's basically like if you have a spare room or a couch or whatever, and you're willing to host people who are traveling, you have a profile. And if you're traveling around, you have a profile and you can request just to, like stay with strangers. And it's a way to meet people have, like a local connection when you're traveling and it's rad. It's amazing. But so I started doing that in 2017 and I was just meeting these strangers who I had often nothing in common with mm-hmm. but they're staying at my house and it's like okay cool we're gonna hang out and talk and you just have these conversations with people and that's where i learned basically everything i know about people about the world about other countries like through those conversations and i was like how do i share that with people and i could never really figure out the right way i don't think there's a couch surfing podcast but there probably should be i was like this is the perfect thing for yeah. a podcast yeah. <laughs> totally yeah i was like I'm there like- was a part of me that was like man i should be doing a podcast around this but i'm also very cognizant of like the amount of crap on the internet and the last thing i want to do is be like just throwing more like crap on the internet Mm -hmm. crap pile of content (laughs) like we live in this world it's just like flooded with bad content people people love it though uh, yeah but it's it's just like it always stressed Mm -hmm. me out of like oh man i don't want to be like another one of those um because it's embarrassing like yeah if you like if you watch tv and movies like i can't count how many times i have heard like podcasters made fun of in the media is like that is the dorkiest hobby that you can have (laughs) 
Um, and also, like, I'm a white dude who wants to hear like some white dude complaining about his issues on a podcast. Like, <laughs> that exists. Apparently, a lot. Yeah, like that. that I feel like that market is like kind of full already. So very yeah, saturated. yeah, I was like very, very hesitant about doing anything like this. But then I got back to Reno, um, and I was taking a break from social media and like trying to figure out, okay, well, what do I want to do? I still want to have these conversations. Can I do a podcast that is more interesting, more local, like that ties in with my kind of like rediscovering of Reno? And, uh, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. Like, I'm going to give it a shot. And it's been awesome. It's been like, I tell people all the time that the, the best thing about this podcast is it gives me an excuse to make people like sit down and talk to me. <laughs> like, it's kind of awkward, I guess, to talk to a random stranger, like, like political figures and like people who are doing stuff in town and just be like, hi, can I just sit down with you and ask you a bunch of questions? Like, that's kind of a weird question. But if you have a podcast and you're like, hey, will you come on my podcast and I'll right. ask you a bunch of questions. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, it creates this kind of permission to, like, start a conversation with someone, and that's been been awesome. Like, just in the last six months, I feel like I've connected more with this city and the people in it than I did in all the other years I lived in right now. That's great. Yeah. And, you know, I think you, you have an interesting mix of people. Like we said, I think five or six, five of your guests have been on our show, mm -hmm. or we've had, you know, uh, the same guests, so... Uh, it's good. Like when we started, I think there was only there was really only the only other podcast we really knew about was the uh, the what's it called the music one, the biggest little uh, yeah. the worst little podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, salutes to Rory and those guys, um, and they you know they're just a music only podcast. Like you know it's cool, like it's great what they do, but that's what we were like, man, because we were just going to talk, and then we're mm -hmm. like, you know what? We know a lot of interesting people. Reno's mm -hmm. changing. There's all these people doing stuff. You know, we should interview them, and, and you know, we've learned. I think we've learned just as much, and got you know, it's helped us get more involved in the yes. community. Oh, totally. And uh, yeah, so it's great to see you know um, what you're doing with that as well. How did you decide on like a theme or format? Did it change from when you first thought? Because you know, we have too. Like your first concept of all right, I'm going to make this podcast, and then to what it's turned out to be through your first, you said thirty, thirty-one episodes. How is that? idea formed and changed over time yeah it's it's been pretty consistent so far so i think i did a lot of thinking before i started it about what i wanted it to be just because again that kind of anxiety around doing something crappy or doing something that wasn't well thought out so i'm pretty committed to the format i like interviews much more than just like talking to the microphone and part of that is that like i'm not an expert i'm not a personality i'm not like I'm not the draw of the show and I right. don't, you know, I have no illusion that people are tuning in to listen to what Connor has to say. It's all about the guests. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So I think that I really like the interview format and I do hour long episodes and that wasn't something that existed that much in like the Reno podcast world. Um, I know you guys do an interview show, but it's also like, it's a music show and it's a new show um, where mine is really just like a long form hour ish interview only on one topic with one guest basically mm -hmm. so i felt like that was kind of like the type of conversation i really like to have so that's that's really what's led like basically everything i've done about the podcast is this is a project first and foremost for me mm -hmm. right like i'm putting it out there in the world but if i'm not enjoying it then well, what's yeah, the point, exa I mean, right? exactly so i wanted to have conversations that i really enjoyed and for me those conversations are usually a little longer i know sometimes there's these like 20 30 minute podcasts but i feel like you can't really get that much substance out of a conversation in 20 or 30 minutes so i really like the hour-long format it's a little more substantive i know sometimes 
it's a lot for people. Sometimes people don't listen to hour-long podcasts. That's fine. Uh, it doesn't have to be for everybody. But I really like the format. I try to do research on guests and have like a variety. One of the things I'm hoping for, as far as kind of like finding an audience, is I say this a lot that I would like for anyone who lives in Reno, who listens to podcasts, to have Renoites on their subscription list. And they don't have to listen to every episode, but something interesting to them should come along every now and then. If I'm talking mm-hmm. to political people, I'm talking to food and drink people, I'm talking about development, I'm talking to people around like some newsy issues like homelessness. I've had a couple of guests like Grant Denton was on and Ben Castro from Rise. So some of it is like current events and really topical. Some of it is just more fun. Like my mom was on the episode. Which yeah, was I thought that was super cool. Fun, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I had my mom on an episode and we basically just like talked about being a parent and that was a way for me to kind of share what, what I'm about as a person which isn't related to anything in regards to Reno as a city or any political issues or whatever. So yeah, like a little bit of everything I try to do because I want the audience to be, to be broad. I want anyone to be able to find an episode that's interesting to them. Nice. Yeah. Have you had any haters or pushback against anything you've talked about uh, from people who, as you've gotten, you know, more, I don't want to say famous, but just more <laughs> right. people have listened yeah. and, you know, you've talked about something that people have disagreed with. Or... Not not yet, but... Are you expecting that? Um, <laughs> so I, I'm, like, intensely paranoid and worried about criticism in general, and that just, like, is part of my personality. I, like, I want to be loved and accepted, like, a whole backstory on all that stuff, right? But like, to the mom like we, yeah, right. Like we don't need to do a therapy session or anything, yeah. but like there's this real worry about uh, like rejection and people not liking you or people criticizing you that I think a lot of people feel. And you really feel that when you're putting yourself out there. Um, yeah. So I worry a little bit about that around some of the more like hot button social issue type episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I've done a couple episodes around homelessness, which is a huge, yeah. huge issue mm-hmm. in Reno yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, and super duper heated. So like I follow all the different voices and different opinions. Um, I try to uh, like not make any particularly bold or problematic or declarative statements about how we should do things or what we're doing right or wrong. Uh, and I know I can probably be accused of like sitting on the fence on some of those things. So now I'm worried that like someone is going to swoop in and be like, <laughs> how come Connor's just sitting on the fence on these things and not like standing up? But I mean, if that's not your show, like, yeah. right. you're, you know, you're, you said you're about your guests, so I think that is good for, yeah. you know, you don't have to have, you know, such a strong take on everything. Right. Like, someone asked me about something, and I was like, I don't care, care yeah. about, like, yeah. I, I, I don't care. Like, sometimes you just don't care. You even, you're not, you know, you don't know enough, or, right. you know, I I don't have enough to form opinion, or can't comment on that. So, yeah. there's nothing wrong with doing it. I think we need more of that. Totally. And I try to do that a lot. I try to remind myself that it's not my job to be an expert on everything. It's not my job to have an opinion on everything. And giving myself permission to be wrong sometimes, I think is really important. Myself and others. Like, I think that we live in a culture that is so judgmental about whether you're right or wrong, or you're good or bad on any particular issue. And Instead of trying to find a truth. Oof, it's it's just tough because there's like this this purity idea of like you are on the right side, you have all the right opinions, you say all the right words, you speak all the right language, and you are good. Or if you fail at any of those things, you're bad. Then you are bad. Yeah. yeah. So it creates this kind of like self censorship, and it's a challenge because there is also a part of me, as much as I want to like avoid the backlash and stuff, where like I am an opinionated person, <laughs> right? Like. 
part of me wants to just like I have a microphone in front of me and I got people listening to me. There's like this part of the back of my brain that's like, just say all that shit you're thinking. But like it's scary, so I don't always do that. Well, you can do that on our podcast. Yes, oh. <laughs> yes definitely. We'll see. We we say enough wild shit right. that, that you'll be <laughs> you'll be covered. <laughs> oh, good, good. Like uh, <laughs> it's nice to have some some backup on some of those things. Yeah. No, but it, it's it's tough because I do like I live in the social media world mm. of a lot of uh, like social justice stuff, and I follow a lot of it, and I consider myself like pretty well informed on a lot of these issues. But sometimes I have takes that are not necessarily in line with like the correct view and i feel myself kind of like yeah putting my air quotes up on that one um so it puts me in this weird position where i'm like okay well like how much can i kind of talk around this issue how much can i toe this line how much can i say or not say um you know like what's the responsible thing like again i don't have much influence i think the idea that having like a small local podcast means that it really matters what your take <laughs> is like get over yourself dude like it, i'm not gonna change the world for good or bad yeah. based on like is the news gonna be calling you for your opinion when yeah. something tragic happens yeah unlikely unlikely connor uh, from reno lights right. on we need to know what he needs yeah. yeah but i think that like when you put a microphone in front of yourself i think there is this kind of little bit of narcissism that takes over and it's like okay well now i feel like i'm an important person saying an important thing and i need to be extra cautious about what i say when like we got like hundreds of millions of people in this country talking all kinds of dumb shit all the time and like there there's no spotlight yeah. on them the, the, the bar's low right very low yeah <laughs> so, so i'm i'm strategic so no, that's that's, that's yeah. what i try to do is <laughs> i got so some good. takes i save them for instagram <laughs> there you go uh what's like the biggest hurdle or obstacle in doing the podcast uh, I mean, workload is a big part of it. It takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. It's funny, like on the first episode, I had Bob Conrad from This Is Reno on, and I remember I was like, "Yeah, I'm not really like an audio engineer. I don't want to do all this editing. I don't want to do all this production. <laughs> you are stuff. now. Like, I just like I just want to have conversations. I love th- talking to people and learning from people. Mm-hmm. It's totally natural. And then as soon as I started editing, I was like, "Well, let me see if I just like edit some of the mm-hmm. like filler words and like the awkward pauses and see if it sounds better. I don't want to change anyone's personality or anything. Let me just clean it up a little bit. And next thing you know, it's like hours and hours into editing every single episode. Um, it's like, it's Monday night. My episodes come out on Tuesday and I'm like, oh man, I still got to edit and I got all this time. Um, yeah. And I don't like extremely edit, but I find that um, doing that little bit of extra work of cleaning up the filler words and the pauses and just making everything smoother I consider it kind of like a service to my guests too, because they sound so much better. It's mm-hmm. wild. I'm in, I'm in Toastmasters too, which is like a public speaking kind of organization. So I have like a weekly club where we practice public speaking. One of the things Toastmasters do is they focus like real ridiculously on filler words, like, uh, um, like all of these verbal tics that people have. So we try to train them out of ourselves. And Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's helpful. I mean, I'm not that good at it. I say like a lot. I say so a lot. So I, catch myself doing it frequently. But one of the things that I learned by doing this editing and taking out a lot of those filler words from my guests is I was initially worried, oh, I'm going to take away their personality. They're not going to sound like themselves. Everyone's going to sound like a robot. It's going to be unnatural. But that's completely not true. Like filler words provide nothing. They don't don't help. They don't. Uh, They add nothing to the conversation. And when you take them out, everyone just sounds better. So that's a big part of the problem. Or not problem. Big part of like the workload it's just editing, going through, like, I can look at the waveform on my, like, audio editor and be like, that's an um, that shit's got to go. <laughs> so it still takes a lot of time, though. But now look at that. Yeah. You're an audio engineer now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Great. See? Wasn't well, even, wasn't even trying, but there, here I am. Now yeah. I'm an editor. Yeah. 
<laughs> I used your podcast. I taught uh, uh, through Upward Bound program at UNR last summer. I taught a, a class on podcasting, and uh, your podcast was one of the ones I used, like, had the kids, like, listen to for, you know, different examples of local mm-hmm. podcast. You know, they were trying to come up with ideas. I, I played uh, that Bob Conrad episode. Oh, nice. Uh not the whole thing, but just like just to show them, like, yeah, this is you know two people having a conversation because they had you know some of them had never heard of a podcast, and I'm like, you're making a podcast in two weeks. <laughs> this is what it is, right? Well, now what are you gonna do? So, yeah, uh, yours was one of the look, I, I remember that that Bob Conrad conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it turned out I was totally full of shit. As I, was, <laughs> I, I didn't realize it as I was saying it, I really thought like, oh no, this will just be like super yeah. super minimal, super clean, super easy, uh, but. I found that by doing that extra little bit of work, it makes the show more listenable. When I listen to podcasts and I hear guests or hosts have just constant um, uh, like filler, like these distracting mm-hmm. verbal tics, it makes it really hard for me to listen to. I turn stuff off sometimes because it's just too much. And I don't want to do that for my listeners. I don't want to turn people off uh, or for my guests. Like I feel like that's kind of a bummer for a guest to come on my show spend that time talking to me, share what they want to share, and then I just dump it out on the internet and it doesn't get listened to as much because I didn't do the work. If I put a little bit more effort in, it makes people actually get that message. Uh, that's that's something I should be doing for me, for my podcast, for my guests, for my listeners. It's just, I kind of feel like it's a responsibility that I've taken on. So I got to stick with it now, even though it takes me longer <laughs> than I would like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've had people ask us to like, you know, take things out. They said, or something. we're like, yeah, of course. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're like, we're not here for gotcha journalism. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you want us to, you know, like they'll, you know, they told a story or something. Like, ah, I don't, you know, don't want that on there. Mm-hmm. Or something slipped. We're like, I'm like, of course. I'll, yeah. No worries. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Take out anything that makes me sound bad today. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Love that. <laughs> and uh, uh, what's your who's your like dream guest? If you could, you know, have any guest on, you're like, oh my god, I would love. To have this person, if I, you know, was, had the booking power of, like, what's this, you know, a late night guest. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like Joe Rogan. Or mm. That's tough. I don't know. I, I'm hesitant about, like, celebrity culture in general. And I think holding up celebrities as, like, oh, this is would be so cool. It's like celebrities are just people. Uh, and, like, worshiping celebrity is kind of dumb. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. But I think, like, we live in America, and part of our brains automatically go to this, like, automatic response of, famous, I want famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I think as far as, like, the political stuff, Nevada is a interesting state. We're kind of like a swing state sometimes, although, like, definitely more solidly blue nowadays. But I like the idea of if I keep doing the show long enough and kind of establish myself as that guy to talk to in Reno, then maybe when we come around on the next like presidential election season and we've got candidates coming through and we want to talk about like issues affecting Nevada or cities the size of Reno, things like there are national issues that we're seeing reflected in Reno, things like housing prices. So having someone who's running for high office in Reno for some kind of campaign event and I can be like, Hey, come talk to the people of Reno on my podcast. That would be amazing. And who knows, like that goes all the way up to the very top. So there's a lot of like potential there that I think would be really exciting and really fun. But obviously you got to establish yourself as like the guy Mm -hmm. if you're going to be doing those kind of interviews. So yeah, like political stuff I think would be pretty cool to have some high level political folks. Um, Locally, 
I don't know. I feel like I could get, um, not to toot my own horn too much, but I feel like most people in Reno right. at some point would be willing to come on my show. I mean, we've never had anyone say no to us. Yeah. I was going right. to say, like, just shoot your shot. Like, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. We've asked people from out of town, like, or, or guest musicians, you know, bands that we just liked, and like, hey, you're in town in Reno. What yeah. yeah. Want to come on our podcast? And no one has ever said no to yeah, us. Yeah, people love it. When I, when I first started, again, there's this, like, anxiety around doing, like, a dorky project that no one cares about um, that I was worried. I was like, oh, no, it's like it's super dorky and awkward to be like hey will you listen to my podcast uh and it's extra extra dorky to be like hey will you come on my podcast it's like that is a dorky thing to do at least that's what i thought but then once i started and actually asked people people are flattered people want to come yeah, on the podcast yeah. like no one is responding to that like oh like no way would i do that they're like oh me really yeah. yes you so yeah. listen to what i have to say right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah people like it so i think mm-hmm. that i've learned that along the way is that People are much more willing to participate, to be involved, um, than I thought that they ever would be. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we've had. I think we've had a similar experience with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to have if as far as like celebrity guests, I'd like to have Tom Lennon from Reno Nine One One on, because so many people outside of Reno, their their understanding of Reno is based on no. Reno Nine One One, and I it, again, it's I not that mad. flattering. Yeah. I know it's like a, it's not the right representation mm-hmm. of our city, all of those kind of things, but. There's no denying that it is like a I mean, it's foundational Reno. piece of art that shows that has <laughs> that has uh, described Reno yeah, to the world. Yeah. It's pretty Reno that Reno that other people think Reno is like Reno. Yeah, Iowa. right. Like, no, it's crazy because I was like, there's no palm trees in Reno at all. Yeah. The only thing that's in Reno is like the B-roll that they show, and yeah. that's it. And I think the guy wrote it. He was like at the airport. I think he was only in Reno for like an hour mm-hmm. or like. 30 minutes like then he made the show like, yeah but i think that would be such a fun conversation i would oh love God, on renoites mm-hmm. to have the guy who created reno 911 <laughs> and talk about what reno actually is mm-hmm. how he learned about what reno is or what he thought it like, was how like, much hate does he get a lot of hate all from of, like, yeah you know? totally it probably does i mean a lot of people yeah. probably are really pissed at <laughs> the guys who made reno 911 but i mean i think it's it's a hilarious show and God, like, I, I can it. i can separate <laughs> art from reality like that mm-hmm. is not that difficult to do <laughs> Uh, but I think that would be kind of like a fun, like celebrity type guest to have too. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, I think this is a good time for yeah. our first break. Uh, Caesar, you have a song of the week that you're going to play for the people. Yeah. Uh, who is, I feel like this is going to be a very intense song. What, what's the song of the week? So it's heat seven by Papoose featuring method man. Papoose just came out with a new album. Uh, and of course, Papoose with the bars, and we all love Method Man out here. And uh, you know, I'm happy Wu Tang still doing it. So, listen and enjoy, guys. Something. You know, Pat, this hard, bro. Like, like slap your mom on her birthday hard, bro. All true. Yeah. This is all business, no card limit, black car tinted I put y'all in this search and it hurts them cars rent it When the guards spit it, like SARS with it, you all get it Call these bars sick, it's last call with it, your bars tended Soft winded, just take off, ended, I'm offended 5950, I'm authentic as y'all fitted Bars, twice as hard as them park benches, my palm itching Y'all picking sides, it's a suicide, we squad different I'm Scott Pippen, nice around mics, my palm gripping, other promise Slipping my Charles Dickens now pause. Listen, you think the bar slipping? No vacation, you think the bar tripping? Condensation, look at the bar dripping. No competition, I put the comp in the composition. Get her thoughts attention, she give me props in a proposition. Not my position, besides the fact that it's not opinion. Once I know the mission, I'm black cop in the opposition. 
Am I the greatest? Yes. Downtown Brooklyn shopping at A&S. The 574 New Balance matching the Averex. The documented legacy of a ghost they afraid to test. Yo, shit, Nikes. I put my foot so far up your ASS. Hate when New York go against New York and make me vex. We lose either way. It's like when the Yankees play the Mets. Spit fire like Ghostface. You guard Ray and Meth. My pen deadly as Jigsaw playing the game of death. The criminal minded album cover strapped like KRS. The basketball tournament trophy winner. I paid the refs. I bear perfection. Both hands are treacherous. I'm ambidextrous. You can't outgrind or outshine me with a fancy necklace. My aura can't be messed with. I'm cocking fullies, dropping bullies, rocking hoodies, popping woolies. Ride on the banshee, reckless. Got trust funds for my loved ones. My family precious. My crons barking more than Charles Bronson. This can't be death wish. Welcome back to Up of the Mix. That was Caesar's Song of the Week. It was Heat 7 by Papoose featured Method Man. And spoiler alert, I was right. It was fire. It was very intense. <laughs> I knew it was about uh, to happen. And it's crazy because uh, once again, back to uh, sports being like the sixth, seventh, eighth element of hip hop, whatever you want to call it. His cover is like at a, it's like at a news a press conference. conference yeah. yeah, and it's like the Knicks kind of logo and the chance of the Papoose. And uh, Marlon Kraft did one just like that, like the Slam. Uh, magazine cover so yeah. yeah it's just like it's a it's a hip hop right and now. basketball you know always cu- coming together mm-hmm. and uh yeah I th- I, if you go to youtube and watch on youtube it's they have like it's not a full music video but they have an interesting mm. like animation to go with the song that you know yeah. fits that little description yeah it's on apple though for sure so yeah that's where i got it from but uh continuing our conversation with conor McQuivy from renoites um you're 31 episodes in who has been your best guest so far? If Ooh. you if you if you can if you can say, like you don't have to say anyone was bad. But Here comes the backlash. Who did you most enjoy? <laughs> Here's where it comes from up in the mix. I, I mean, I I said at the intro to one episode um, with Devin Reese. Devin Reese from City Council was on, and I said, and I'm being like, oh man, you're like my biggest guest so far, or something like that. And my friend Josh told me as soon as he heard, he was like, man, you can't say that because all your other guests are gonna think that they're not as good. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't mean it in like a bad way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Like all of my guests have been amazed. Uh, t- to be honest, I've been amazed that I don't think I've had a bad guest yet in 31. That just means episodes. you're a good host. Yes. I, but I'm, I'm shocked because I was sure at some point I would record an interview and then be like, oh man, that sucked. Like, how am I going to mm. put this out and like have my name on it? But yeah. that hasn't happened because all of my guests have been really, really good. So I don't have anyone to talk crap about. So that's good. Um, best guests, I would say like my most popular episodes have been, uh, like more social issue stuff. So I think the most downloaded was Ben Castro from rise, which was a fantastic episode. It was the third episode. So it was right off, right in the beginning. And it was really Ben telling the story of, of rise, the Reno initiative for shelter and equality. They run our place, the women's shelter. Mm -hmm. And it was the whole story about how they got started, the different kind of programs that they've done they did the rise and dine dinners at the record street shelter for years which was basically just a uh like everyone's invited come down and bring some food we're feeding people on saturday night and the story of rise and what they've done and kind of weaving in the story of how compassion and empathy is at the core of all the things that they do was a really i think effective way of talking about homelessness issues about the solutions that they've adopted that have really worked and it's a, it was a really popular episode. It was just really a great story about how we can actually address some of these issues. 
so episodes like that, I think, are really amazing. And just Ben's an awesome dude. And you could listen to him talk for hours, basically. Nice. So episodes like that, I think, around things like development. Uh, Mike Van Houten from Downtown Makeover was on the show. So he runs a blog called Downtown Makeover. Yeah, yeah. That, uh I follow that blog. Yeah. yeah. It's all it's all about development. It's basically mostly around like the downtown area, but also developments in Midtown and kind of like the surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. But Mike is just like an obsessive researcher about all of these things. Like he's looking at the pages where people are pulling permits for construction or like whoever's buying whatever property. He's always on top of it. And he's usually the first person to report about, oh, this company is building this thing or this development is happening. And so we had a really great conversation around how Reno's changed specifically around development and these projects and what is being built and what is being destroyed in Reno and how that's changed kind of the landscape of the city. So that was a really awesome conversation. And, you know, he's a pro. He really knows what he's talking about. And then as far as just like great conversation, the episode, the most recent one actually was with Emily Trishel, who runs Curve NB, which is like a plus size clothing exchange mm-hmm. and events organization. And she's just like, an amazing person to talk to. So I was talking about editing earlier and I have to cut, sometimes go back and like clean up awkward pauses or ums and ums and stuff. Her episode barely edited at all because we just <laughs> had this really like amazing natural conversation. That's great. And that makes a really awesome guest when there's this natural kind of chemistry and conversational flow. So I've had that in a lot of episodes too, which has been really uh, awesome because it makes for a better show. It's a much better experience for me. So yeah, a lot, a lot of really amazing guests. That's cool. Uh, I, and I notice you you interview your guests, or you sit like you like to meet them beforehand. I try to, yeah. So I, the vast majority of guests, what I try to do is at least like meet for a coffee. The way that I do recording, this is maybe like a little in the weeds on the tech stuff, but I record remotely using a site called Zencaster, which works a lot like a Zoom meeting. So I'm sitting on my living room floor. They're sitting at their office at their house or whatever. But I give them a microphone because I want the quality to sound mm. better than just their like computer mic. Mm-hmm. So I have like a Samsung Q2U and a Tupperware and I deliver it to them. So what I try to do with my guests, if I can, is when I deliver the microphone or some other time before we record, go get a coffee or something. And we don't like plan out the questions or anything, but we'll just kind of like spitball about like what's interesting to you. What do you want to talk about? What do you not want to talk about? What do you think will make a good conversation? And just kind of create a really rough outline around that. Uh, and I think that helps make the conversations better. I find that the episodes that are the best are the ones that I've done that. And the episodes that are maybe not quite as smooth are the ones where I didn't do as much of that. Kind well, it of probably like... puts your guest at ease too. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Like you, you break that. I mean, a lot of like when we first started interviewing people, it was people we knew. But as we started to interview people we didn't know, like that was something we always worried about, and we had to come up with different ways to you know make people feel at home or break the you ice. know break the ice. Absolutely. And, like yeah. you're sitting down mm-hmm. with strangers, but we weren't very formal. So I like when you saw that, I was like. I saw you post about that a few months ago, and I was that's interesting. You know, like that's not something uh, I've, we've ever thought of, but you know, maybe that is something. You know, as we interview people who really don't know us at all, mm-hmm. we we might have to consider doing, or at Talking least like ha, you know, have an, uh, even if it's just like a chat before, uh, you know, via text or you Zoom know, a or Zoom yeah. or something, just to just anything to kind of like establish a little bit of rapport and a little bit of comfort. I mm-hmm. think helps a lot. I found that at least to be the case on my show yeah. for sure. It helped, like, because I do that for when I do weddings. Mm. Just like, I don't, you know, it'd be weird for a random stranger to go shoot your wedding, you know? Right. Couple cups of coffee, couple meetings, like, totally. It goes a long way. Uh, what's, you know, some of the things you've learned about Reno, about 
yourself just from doing all these interviews. I mean, <laughs> you haven't guessed, you know, every single episode. So you've talked to 30 different people. What are some of the things you've learned and just, you know, talking to so, you know, so many different uh, experts or people that uh, in their fields? Hmm. I mean, I feel like I have realized how much people love Reno. That's a huge part of it is everyone that I come, everyone that I have on the show really, really loves the city. Like there's a, a strong sense of community pride, a lot of investment in what happens in Reno about how we're going to develop, how we're going to change. That seems to be this recurring theme very often with people that I talk to, even if that's not the main focus of the episode is we always end up talking about like what's changed in Reno, what is changing in Reno, what do you want to see from Reno? And everyone is really has that kind of like local mindset, very focused on what's happening in their own community, in their own neighborhood, in their own city. So I found that to be really something interesting about the show is that it's almost universal. And it's not something that I target when I'm looking for guests. Like I don't tell everyone, hey, this episode is about Reno and we're going to talk all about Reno. Some of the episodes barely talk about local issues at all. Mm -hmm. But there is this kind of common thread of everyone who is in Reno and has some kind of project or roots or something that ties them to the city does feel a very strong sense of community pride. And I've seen that just basically through the entire podcast. It's really become kind of central to it, which again, I mean, it's called Renoites. It's a local podcast, but that wasn't really my my intent or my expectation, but it's turned out to be kind of like the the glue that holds the show together, I think, is this kind of love of Reno. That's awesome. Yeah, like a good byproduct. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, no, no Reno shit talkers on my show. <laughs> <laughs> no, no Reno haters over here. Yeah. Nope. No, no. Uh, what do you see for the future of the podcast? Oh, I don't know. It's tough. Well, it's interesting because I didn't start it with any kind of, like, I'm not a long-term planning kind of person. I, I tend to, like, get wild ideas and wing it. <laughs> like, that's kind of like the story of my life. Is I all, feel that. I feel that. You know, like, I'll, I'll have this, like, thing kind of, like, kicking around my head for a long time and then be like, all right, like, fuck it, I'm going to go do it uh, without any long-term plan around what it's going to be or how it's going to be sustainable or whatever. So... I don't really know what the long-term plan, like I said, I'd like for it to be kind of established as like the Reno podcast. That would be pretty rad for me is if I can continue to do episodes, continue to have good guests, continue to grow an audience that at some point, and again, I don't know how long that takes. Podcasting is kind of still a growing market. There's a lot of people who don't listen to podcasts right now. Right. That will. But they will. Yeah. You know, like give it a year, give it two years, give it five years. I don't know what it is, but um, podcasting isn't going away. I think it's a really good format. I think that there was never kind of like a natural successor to radio. I think streaming music kind of does it, but it's not quite the same. Um, there hasn't really been a good successor to television news for talking about the issues. I think like there's social media news, which again, kind of is not the same as a real conversation. So right, I think podcasting right. has this like this future, this potential, and a lot of people are going to start. I mean, start that's how people podcasts. are going. I mean. I feel like in 10 years, everyone's going to get their news from like, you know, NPR's news desk type thing where it's like every day they have an hour long thing and they talk about the news. And that's because no one's going to watch the no local news. Mm -hmm. And that way it gives you time to where, whenever, like whether you're commuting or you're at work or at the gym, whenever it is, you're in the shower, you're listening to what's going on. And I think it has the potential to have us more informed mm -hmm. and uh, better informed on what's going on because you'll get um, – you know th that conversation back that in depth like you were saying the nuance yeah if people want it 
for sure. Yeah, I think that there's a real future there. So I don't know. I would love for Renoites to be kind of like the Reno podcast that everyone who's trying to like keep tabs on what's happening in town tunes in every week. They listen to a guest. They learn a little bit about the town. Sometimes we do newsy stuff. Sometimes we don't. That would be pretty amazing. Also, I think that the Renoites brand, again, it's just a podcast, but I kind of like my logo and it's not really like podcast specific. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you who could knows? Make like maybe, and, maybe there's mm-hmm. merch, maybe there's t-shirts, maybe there's spinoff podcasts too. I've thought about this a little bit that I like the hour long format, but there's definitely stories I'd like to tell that don't work for a weekly hour long show, like small businesses. I think small business is super important. I would love to talk to more small business owners about what they're doing, why, like the ideas behind their business, all that kind of stuff is really fascinating to me. But no one is going to tune in for a weekly hour-long show where I ask a business owner about their story. Like, we have something we should talk to you about. <laughs> yes, no. In the works. Right. Yes. That mm-hmm. uh, off-air we will yeah, we, we have to discuss with you. Yes. Yeah. So I thought about like maybe the Renoites brand has some kind of extension of like a spinoff. Maybe there's like a Renoites mm-hmm. daily news podcast that's just like a 10-minute like things that are happening in Reno, events that are coming up that doesn't always have a guest, like like NPR style, like mm-hmm. shorter segments. Mm-hmm. Um, again, maybe it's not just podcasting. Maybe Reno Heights is a brand and, you know, it's on t-shirts and hats. That's a cool thing. It's like local pride. I think that's kind of rad. Uh, so I don't know. I don't have like a long-term plan. I plan on keeping do- continuing to do it because it's fun and I'm enjoying it for now. Uh, but I'm also not afraid of quitting stuff, right? Like if I find at some point that it's too much work for me, um, and that it's like run its course as a project. A lot of podcasts run like a season or a couple seasons and then they're like, okay, we did our thing. So, so who knows? Basically, I'm just kind of like rolling with it as it goes, trying to grow it in the ways that I can. Um, hopefully it turns into something big and awesome. Either way, it's like really rewarding what I've done so far. So just kind of going with the flow with it right now. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, that's, it's been a great conversation. Thank Definitely, you yeah. again for coming to share. We're going to take a second quick break uh, for my song of the week this week, which is Find My Way by D Smoke featuring our favorite Toby Nuigui and BJ the Chicago, the Chicago Kid. Listen and enjoy, guys. Titans. One of us ain't about nothing, the other one black and violent. I'm just riding, trying to find my way again. Yes, sir. I 
Never would I thought, even when I'm caught up, there'll still be no arriving. Realty, my portfolio building as I'm driving. I see through the lens of investor. I'm bored with this game, you can't check us. Your girl with the fame, she can't stretch us. No, sir, I got pain on my record. That stainless stay dangerous. Can't blame us. The trauma endured, made me conscious and pure. Still, I find myself riding, sliding. Dipping through the streets at a slow creep quarter for the week, so we vibing till we find a sweet lick on the free tip. MC Hammer for the defense, heat by my side. It's better 7:30 and the sun climbing over the east side horizon. With suit and tie, I'm headed to the biggest stage I ever engaged in the classroom. My liquid passion still on my tavern. Welcome back, guys. That was Sean's Song of the Week, and it was Find My Way by D Smoke featuring Toby Nowigwi and BJ the Chicago Kid. Again, brand new music. Just D Smoke's uh, new yeah, album yeah, just came out. War and Weapons. Uh, super excited. It's great. Album's so good, too. Yeah. And uh, to- when I saw Toby Nowigwi was on there, mm-hmm. I was super excited. And, you know, well, BJ the Chicago Kid is growing on me. Thank you, Caesar. Because I didn't listen to him mm-hmm. that much. But, uh, yeah, check out that album. And uh, D Smoke, he won that uh, Netflix show. Uh, what was it? Rhythm and Flow, I think. Something like that, yeah. It was like a rapping kind like reality yeah. show, and he won. Yeah, I think, and yeah, he's he, actually super good. Yeah, him and then uh, Boogie won too. I don't know if it's Boogie with the hoodie or just regular. But there's a lot of boogies out there now, which is kind of weird. But yeah, anyway, so they're doing good though. Like they're doing good with uh, that show actually. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, next up, Connor, we have our meandering questions. The hard hitting. Hard copy things, so be scared. Okay, but, but but don't think of them like think of them as a river approaching a delta. As you know, you know it gets wider. You now the water, the flow slows down, mm-hmm. and you know you, you can go more in depth with things. Yeah, sure. All right. So the first question, 
we've talked about Reno and, and yeah, you yeah. moving and coming. So from when you left to now, what's the best thing that's changed uh, about Reno? Mm-hmm. And what's something that you miss the most about the way that they, that Reno has changed? Hmm. So best things, I think like food and drink scene and that kind of culture I think it's probably the best addition to Reno in the time from when I left and when I came back, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially having lived in cities that have like good and food drink culture. So having those as options in Reno now is pretty amazing. Like I don't remember any of that when I was a kid. And part of that might've been just like my family didn't go out to eat that much, but I think there's been like a real Renaissance Mark Estee, I think like had a big part to play in that. So we've seen a lot of this more like farm to table, a lot more Mm -hmm. local food, which has been pretty rad. So I think that part of the change in Reno has been really welcome uh, also Midtown, I think Midtown's an amazing neighborhood and we're really lucky to have that neighborhood as it is now. Uh, when I was a kid, Midtown was definitely not a desirable neighborhood. It wasn't a place that people hung out. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of, you know, conversation around gentrification and a lot of like legitimate criticism about how cities grow and change. But, um, in general, I think a lot of the changes in Reno have been for the better, like positive stuff. Uh, as far as stuff that I remember from before that I miss, I don't know. I can't really think of much. I, you know, I was just a kid when I left here. I was 17. I never really had like a super active local social type life. So I don't have these like particularly clear fond memories of Reno as this idyllic place when I was a kid. <laughs> so I don't really know. Like, it's, um, it's hard to say. I feel like someone who has lived here the entire time would probably have a better answer for that because they have gotten to see, see the changes more gradually over time. And for me, I just don't have like a particularly clear. Like, no, that's okay. I feel like yeah. that kind of speaks to. <laughs> I mean, it's, that, it's, that, it's, a, it's that, a sign there wasn't that much. Like, exactly. If, yeah. if I can't think of like a thing that I desperately miss about what yeah. Reno used to be, maybe there wasn't that much that was. I mean, you know, you, all that's that like, terrible. Because yeah. like, no, I, I feel like if you ask someone like no. Caesar, I yeah. been, I don't I I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I the, the sticky eight at Greenbrae. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> that that dollar fifty movie theater. Uh-huh. And oh, yeah, Pizza Baron, Pizza Baron with the dollar slices right across the street, like maybe those something like job. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three fifty, three fifty awful awfuls up, but like you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But that's, it, that's you know not coming. That's never gonna come. No, back, that, yeah. that was right. you know uh-huh. had its time and place. Yeah, yeah. But that also kind of makes me wonder about these people who sometimes are like, oh, I wish Reno was like it used to be. Like I just what kind do you of, mean by used I want to yeah, ask yeah, them yeah, sometimes, yeah. like, tell me specifically what you want to go back to in Reno. Yeah. Like, tell me the thing that you miss that you think is so important that we should, like, hit the brakes on Reno growing as a city. I don't think anyone's got a good answer for that. No. Mm, we just might not like what they say. Yeah. The answers they have aren't that good. Yeah. Uh, next one. What are, like, some bad things, like, that is happening in Reno, like, growing city-wise? Because um, you do talk to a lot of people. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, it's tough. I think that as cities grow, there are a lot of things that are going to – happen that are that are negative and that are challenging and you know you hear complaints about things like traffic which i think are very overblown um but like homelessness is a huge issue in reno and it's directly related to the cost of living which is directly related to the growth to people Mm -hmm. coming to reno and right now you know back in like 08 it was all built on these like faulty like scammy mortgages and stuff and like overinflating housing prices and stuff but now what's happening is there's like legit money like cash buyers from california and stuff just moving here constantly driving up housing prices and people are getting priced out and that's happening in desirable neighborhoods mm-hmm. it's happening in neighborhoods that were less desirable but getting more desirable now so <laughs> like i really want to talk about uh, like wells avenue on an episode and i'm not an expert on this at all but i think wells is like 
in the middle of a lot of conversation around gentrification and stuff. And I think that's something that we're going to have to, we're going to have to deal with in Reno. Yeah. We're going to have to reckon with. Especially, like, I because I feel like, you know, with Midtown, it was local. Mm-hmm. It was local business. It was spurred by local businesses, mm-hmm. local people. Mm-hmm. And like now it's not. It's outside investor. Like uh, we were talking, I just found out all of those townhomes they built like on Caliente, mm-hmm. brand new. Yeah. They were like $700,000. Mm-hmm. All those are corporate owned and they're only used as Airbnbs. Airbnbs, mm-hmm. yeah. Not so even. So it's like, right? like that's not housing. Yeah, yeah. You see stuff like that and you're like, okay, that like those are investment properties. And, and I think that's what's happening on Wells is. It's like, you know, these, these, you know, real estate companies from out of town that are buying this because they see it as an investment, Mm -hmm. but like that investment, that money isn't staying here and it's not benefiting the community. Mm -hmm. Whereas Midtown did that. That's why I think Midtown's been so successful is because if you look, it's all local businesses. So that means it's, you know, all the money staying in the community. It's people who are invested in, you know, creating a desirable place. They're not looking to maximize, you know, their money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're trying to improve, you know, the experience for the people and, you know, like what, what could happen on Wells or as this continues is that you get people who are, you know, what are their motives? Like the Jacobs thing downtown. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. what are the motives of these people? Is it to, it's not, they're, you know, Reno isn't their you know, motivation. Improving Reno isn't their motive. It's to make money. Money, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if the, you know, if making money comes in conflict for what's good for the city, like making money is going to win out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that what we're seeing, you're right, is this kind of the the money people saw the opportunity in Reno in recent years, and that has changed the direction of the growth, kind of the thought around some of the growth. I'm generally like a pro-growth, pro-development kind of person. I think cities need to grow, um, sadly. I mean, that's just Yeah, like, that's the way it is. It's a, it's a capitalism thing. Like, you grow or you die. It's, it should not be that way, but that's the world that we live in. So if you're going to grow, how do you do it sustainably? How do you do it in a way that includes the people who are already living and existing in these neighborhoods um, how do you keep that money local? Like, there's a lot of questions that go into how we're going to grow. So I don't want to necessarily say that it's a bad thing, the things that have happened so far. I don't want to go and say like, oh, well, this type of development is bad and this type of, this is not what we want to do. Cause who am I? Like, I don't get to, <laughs> I don't get to decide what good or bad development is. Like I'm allowed to have an opinion, I guess. But, uh, I think that's something we need to be cognizant of as Reno continues to grow. So I'm not ready to label it as bad, but I will say like, be on the lookout about some of this development stuff and, whether it's really creating as much housing as we need, whether it's really solving the problems that we got. Yeah. All right, let's. We'll, we're going to change it up and something a little less heavy. Yes. In this one. What's the best food spot in Reno, and what's one place you'll never go again? Ah, um, best food spot in Reno. I don't know that there's like one best food spot. I love Centro on uh, California. Has been one of my favorite restaurants for a while. I really like it. I just went to Royce the other day. They got like the best hamburger in town. Pretty sure. Um, um, that's, that a long, that's a long running fact on yes, the show. Yeah. Yes. The best cla- <laughs> classic American burger. Yeah, it's yeah. it's amazing. Uh, and that's a cool building, too. That's a Paul Revere Williams building. So it's got some uh, historical context, too, which is pretty awesome. Um, might get some heat for it, but I like Pine State Biscuits. I know it's a Portland company but they I have, have a reno we, location we had it last week and it, it is, is delicious it never lets you down oh it's so good why their, their gravy is so good oh it's amazing like sausage pep- gravy pepper, oh. peppery like that's that's how i like my gravy so always good. on the side yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i know some folks like they again it's, it ties into mm-hmm. the gentrification stuff and some people there's some real portland haters in reno for sure like yeah. i've seen there's a sticker somewhere don't oh hey right here <laughs> right here on sean's water ball don't portland reno so I get it. There's some some Portland <laughs> yeah. haters, which is which is fine. You're allowed, you're allowed to hate Portland mm-hmm. if you want to. But no, Pine State is a it's a 
uh, Portland-based yeah. chicken and uh, biscuit place, which is amazing. I used to live down the street from, and there was always like a line around the block. So when they yeah. opened in Reno, I was like, heck yeah, this is something I know is delicious. It had some kind of like, you know, I get to feel like, oh, Portland here in Reno. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that little so. Portland. I mean, I didn't hate the little Portland area. I just yeah. wanted to expand. Yeah. Right. Like if, you know, like. One block's enough. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Three and, businesses. And well, now two. Especially when it's as, as like, yeah, we went to, I ordered it. For lunch last week, it was like one, and I'm like, it's packed in here. It's no, super- it's always packed. Like. Yeah, for good reason. It's good food. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say that those are a couple of, like definite highlights. As far as a place I would never eat again in Reno, um, I don't know. I haven't had any like really terrible food or really bad experiences, and I'm not really like trying to hate on any local businesses. So I'm sure there's some some crappy food, but I don't know. I'm not going to call them out. All right, all right, all right. All right. Since you lived in a, a bunch of different cities, what style of food is Reno missing? Ooh, oh, I don't know. This is tough because I'm not like a major foodie. Like I like bar food and Reno's got like a pretty decent mm-hmm. amount of bar food. So that's like my main, <laughs> so my main like cuisine is hamburgers and French fries. Um, and I think Reno does a pretty good job of that. I feel like we're probably missing a lot of ethnic food that, again, I'm not like a, I'm a pretty adventurous eater, but I'm not really that much of a foodie. So there's probably some major gaps in some of our ethnic food that I'm not really aware of. So, so hard to say since I'm not like a major foodie person, but I'm trying to think what's missing. I don't know. We got good Mexican food. We got, um, yeah, we got a little bit of everything I feel like in Reno. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm sure we're missing, I mean, I'm yeah, sure we're missing we, stuff. You know, if you're missing it, you don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's, yeah. We, I mean, we, we, yeah, we have plenty of Mexican food and, and hamburgers and basic and mm-hmm. pizza, Chinese food. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, yeah. Like, like, I like a good falafel spot would be tight. Middle mm, Eastern. Definitely. You know? Yeah, I, th- I think we're missing that in the food truck world. So I had um, mm-hmm. Melissa Williams from Feed the Camel on the podcast, and we talked about food trucks and talked a little bit about ethnic food stuff. And I do think we're definitely missing some like the ethnic food trucks. When I lived in Portland, that was one of the major yeah. features of mm-hmm. all of the different like food truck pods. So it'd be like a parking lot with like ten or fifteen food trucks, and there'd always be like some amazing like Middle Eastern food or some like Ethiopian food or just like yeah, some yeah. like I think that's yeah. What's and been we don't disappointing really about the food truck scene here is that. I thought it would be more diverse, <laughs> yeah. and not, you know, yeah, like yeah. The, if you go to like Food Truck Friday, I'm like, I could get this food at other places. Like, why would I go? It's not the most conductive for eating. Right? Why am I going to come down here when it's a pain in the ass? Where I could go get the same food at a brick and mortar restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I do think that's kind of missing from the food truck scene in Reno. And I mean, maybe it's something will grow. Part of the problem there is that our food truck events are so centralized, and we don't have like the food truck pods that are serving like a business community next to like an office area where people are all going for lunch and you can have um, a little bit more consistency. So I think they're trying to always appeal to the broadest audience. I think we haven't handled food trucks. Uh, The the way the city has handled food trucks has kind of killed that Mm. opportunities. You know, there's people to blame about that one. Yeah. (laughs) With casinos. But anyways. Yes, exactly. Um, What's your favorite place to, to get a beer? What's your favorite bar? Um, favorite place to get a beer. I feel like I haven't gone out drinking that much in Reno. So again, like I'm not an expert on this. I love Reno Public House is pretty rad. It's right there. <laughs> I mean, that's our spot. <laughs> yeah. So like Public House is right in the middle of downtown. They got a good little patio. They do some good events. I had Michael Moberly on the show and he does uh, the um, highballs and hot dogs thing all summer. So we yeah. had like four or five mm-hmm. events with amazing food. Like Uncle Buddy's is like a really awesome food truck. So yes. they always do good food. 
but yeah, no, I love public house uh, for cocktails and stuff. I love rum sugar lime. It's like a little pricey, but mm-hmm. uh, it's nice to have kind the of a upscale yeah. cocktail mm-hmm. bar with uh, creative cocktails. Death mm-hmm. and Taxes is good, but so expensive that I basically never go there. And also it's <laughs> like tiny, like four people fit in yeah, there. So yeah. um, so I don't go that often. But yeah, I think that uh, public house is good. I like more of that kind of relaxed bar vibe. And I love we're a pa- adults. I love a yeah. patio. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. like we're also kind of missing that in Reno a little bit of um, we like need more rooftop, patios. rooftop patios. Oh, heck yeah. Um, Matador. Uh, Matador is open again, so that's pretty rad. That's cool, they yeah. have a good rooftop. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a nice addition, but more of that, please. More rooftops, more patios, more yeah. outdoors. We got the weather for it most of the year. Most like, of it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I went to, yeah. Oh, I went to uh, Finn Bar also, the sushi Finn Bomb, their yeah. little expansion. Mm-hmm. So they've got a cute little patio in Midtown, too, right across the street from uh, Public House. Public House, yeah. <laughs> cross, so just that one, the, blo- that one block. Across the alley. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That, that 150 yards. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have any uh, podcasts you listen to that influence your style or any recommendations? Ooh. I was just saying while we were on the, the break, like <laughs> I feel like I haven't listened to podcasts as much since I started hosting my own just because I'm like burned out on everything around podcasts um, because I'm too focused on my own sometimes. Um, I don't know. I listen. I get a lot of my news from like political podcasts. So I listen to Slate's Political Gap Fest. I think is a pretty good like conversational podcast around political issues uh for more of like the interview style i like ezra klein uh i listen to ezra klein's podcast which used to be on box and now it's with new york times uh so that's kind of influenced i think my my interview style a little bit because it's again like this hour-long single topic single guest kind of format mm-hmm. um so that's kind of like my newsy side of podcasts um i don't really listen to much as far as like culture and music and stuff podcasts so so it's tricky. I feel like I kind of come in waves of listening to a lot of podcasts and then listening to almost nothing. And some podcasts I just uh, I listen to for a while and then fall out of interest in. So so tough. I don't know that I have like one particular strong influence. But like for my political stuff, I think those are a couple of good, you know, kind of middle of the road, like nuanced, but not too wonky ways to keep up with what's going on. All right. Mm-hmm. That is the conclusion of the meandering questions. Congratulations. You made it. Yay. Survived. <laughs> you navigated the questions. Yeah. And I, I would give you a 95%. Oh, thank you. That's an A. That's A plus, right? From a teacher, yeah. Yeah, I don't give A pluses unless they're earned. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take the A, whatever. <laughs> they're like, can we get extra credit if we do? I'm like, uh, if you blow me away with your with your whatever you're doing, like yeah, I'll give you extra credit. But I actually have to be blown away. So just try your hardest. Like, yeah, and if I move, do everything when yeah. I'm reading your paper. Yeah, like sometimes I'll just like that. This is great. I'll just you know extra credit. Yeah, yeah. that's a good bar. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got. Uh, let's move on before we end. We got a yeah. couple things we need to Ugh. to clean up here. Uh, we have a petty move of the week this week, Caesar. Oh, uh, from okay, I'm and excited about this. And, and you know, in the sports world, you know, we love sports pettiness. And uh, the Lakers were playing the Oklahoma City Thunder the other night. And for those of you that don't know, the Lakers, ha- you know, they're trying to win a championship. That is their goal this season. The Thunder, that is not necessarily their goal. <laughs> they they have a lot of young players that nobody's heard of. Some Europeans and some uh, um, <laughs> a lot of players not from the United States who, you know, they're trying to, you know, they're young. They have a lot of potential. Let's say that. But they do have one player that's really good. And uh, the Lakers blew a 28-point lead or something Ooh. the other night to them. Yeah. And lost the game. And at the end of the game... Uh, this young player was very, you know, happy that they'd won. And as time was running out, went and dunked the ball. 
and Russell Westbrook got mad about it and uh, like confronted him and a scuffle ensued. And I was like, you know what? This is the most disingenuous thing ever. Yeah. You're not mad because he dunked. You're mad because you blew that fucking lead, yeah. bro. <laughs> and that was uh, petty yes. for you. Russell Westbrook making $35 million a year, multi, you know, superstar to like go and like punk out this kid because he was enthusiastic and dunked the ball when you thought he shouldn't have petty. Mm -hmm. It's petty. And it was shame on you, Russell. Yeah. Especially to, you know, like you said, blow the lead from, uh, you know, this, all the superstars on the Lakers. So. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if the Lakers were playing, you know, had made a time machine and this team existed as it is, you know, 10 years ago. You know, it would be an all-star team. Yeah. But age is undefeated. <laughs> Definitely. You have a local event people need to know about. Oh, so uh, mot the Motel Kids Benefits. So um, the tattoo companies or the tattoo shops in town, Aces, Lasting Dose, Evolution, and Wolf City are having a benefit for the kids that live in the motels. So you could um, drop some stuff off there. You could even, like, you know, just give them the money. And then there's a raffle um you know for d uh, participating and it helps the kids that are living in the motel so twenty dollars for a raffle ticket if you just want to buy them or you could like donate socks backpacks you know toys anything, right? anything for the kids so it's going on from uh november 5th to the 21st oh so it starts mm -hmm. this week so people have been donating already since they've obviously you know you always go early on the social media right so but people have actually a lot been donating and they're getting a lot of uh, good response so you know keep up the good work and what are the, what, what are the tattoo shops again for everyone uh aces lasting dose evolution and wolf city so yeah. pretty much all midtown tattoo yeah. shops. yeah so. the shop space yeah entire length of midtown <laughs> yeah exactly check, check them all out and uh you know help the kids yes definitely and then we have some shout outs and call outs Ooh. so all right we i have a call out to the judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial for not allowing the word victim to be used because it's too loaded, but will allow the terms looters, rioters, and arsonists to describe what was going on. They're doing everything for this kid. Everything. Oh, man. And, you know, could be this murderer. Could, yeah. Could, could be the melanin in his skin or the lack of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, we all got to be pre prepared for him to, to get let go. I, yeah. think that, I think that's going to happen. It's going to be... Mm -hmm. it's Fuck bad, that it's, kid. It's bad shit. I hope um, if he does let go, I hope the rest of his life is fucking miserable because he's going to become like this, you know, symbolic figure. Post, oh, already, these, already is. Already all these is. fucking... Yeah, like these they fantasy They got the GoFundMes. They got... Yeah, like it's... They're holding him up as some kind of hero unlike the extreme right and it's mm -hmm. disgusting. And yeah, this judge, I mean... Telling on yourselves... Yeah. You're telling on yourselves. This is too like you're wilding out. This is too blatant. Yes, you got to fucking chill yeah. on the racism. You got to do it more subtly. Uh, they don't. They don't do subtle though. Mm -mm. That's why they're racists. And then I got another call out, and this is for the Democratic Party for being weak and inept again <laughs> with the infrastructure bill. You're letting us all down. Yeah. You're gonna lose in 2022, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, like party. So you know, party wants to burn you to the ground. Yeah. But specifically, fuck Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin <laughs> for all their fucking dumb antics. Like all the the little bit of power they got it has gone to their head, mm -hmm. and they're just the example of fucking mediocrity that is you know so rampant everywhere in this country. So from the bottom of my heart, fuck you guys. Yeah. And infrastructure is so important, and we need it 
really, all the things that really, really all the things really that uh, <laughs> that you ran your platform on yeah. uh, to win the election, you don't do. So I'm sure this will work out great in the midterms <laughs> in next the long year. Run, yeah, yeah, this is it's fine. Like mm-hmm. we'll see. It, it, yeah. So yeah, week. But I do have a positive to all of our listeners. Yeah, all of our new listeners, all of our old listeners, yeah. our listeners in Reno, our listeners in Sparks, mm-hmm. our listeners all throughout the great state of California. Yeah. From Oregon and Washington to Texas to Missouri to Chicago, yeah. wherever you're listening. <laughs> yeah. So to you. We're going to have new features coming soon Yes, where you can interact with us. We'll, we'll be taking questions or you can have vo- like leave a voicemail. Uh, we'll have some polls. We'll have some more interactions yes. uh, coming soon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, stay tuned and uh, keep listening. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to PJ, you know. Yeah. He, uh, you know, we don't talk too much anymore because, you know, we're all adults and adulting. And so... He is like, yo, when is your next podcast coming out? Because that's how I keep up to date with what's going on. So, and you know, we did a, a fantastic photo shoot with yes. him last Sunday. So, you yeah. all of you people will be seeing the results of that soon. Pretty soon, hard body karate stuff. That's all I'm gonna tell you. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> well, Connor, before we go, we have one last question. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, I was asking this, I was like, this is how we'll lead off. You, you've talked to all these people. Uh, you know with what's going on in reno as we move forward post pandemic hopefully and start looking again towards the future what do you think is the most important issue reno is facing uh as it it, you know confronts all these problems with the growth um i think housing is going to be the biggest issue and i think it's not exclusive to reno i think this is something that people are dealing with in across the country especially cities that are growing because people are moving out of higher cost areas, California. So like this happened in Boise and Salt Lake and Portland, mm-hmm. and like basically everywhere within a driving distance of California. And I'm sure a lot on the East coast as well. Um, but yeah, the cost of housing is it's unsustainable. There used to be a time when people could afford to buy like a starter home. And that does not exist really in Reno mm-hmm. anymore. There is no um, like affordable mid-priced housing for young families. That's just not a thing that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, people are getting priced out. And I think that also ties in with homelessness. So I think housing and homelessness are these kind of twin issues that we need to address uh, directly, but in different ways. I think the housing thing, I'm generally like build, build, build. Like Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm critical of capitalism and I think that there is this uh, potential that just building more is buying into this myth of like this trickle down idea of like, yeah, just build more luxury apartments and eventually it'll all kind of trickle down and we'll have affordable stuff. I don't know that that's actually the way it's going to work, but I do fundamentally believe that if you want to solve homelessness, you got to build more homes of all sizes in all neighborhoods at all prices. Like that needs to be part of the solution. So yeah, building, building more places for people to live. People are coming here, whether we like it or not. Um, We're not going to build a wall around Reno. People can complain about Californians (laughs) all day long. But, um, like, build a wall over the Sierras is not a solution. So people are coming. So how do we how do we make that work? And I think a lot of that is building houses. And then on the, like, direct help for people who are unhoused, I think that's the other big issue that the city needs to deal with. Um, I know there's a lot of criticism of the CARES campus, um, which I think is justified. A lot of stuff has not gone as well as it probably should. Mm-hmm. But my personal take is that we need all of the solutions like i mean right. yes there's there's nothing i want to like cut out of the equation i know there are people who will say like well the cares campus is just a warehouse we don't want it at all cut it out um and that's not my take i think we need that and we need more permanent housing we need sober living we need um the safe camp we need the safe camp but with these like mod pod like more structured things um 
not to exclude actual housing. We need real housing too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think like housing and homelessness are the biggest issues for Reno. I think there's a couple different approaches, but I'm generally uh, in favor of like more of everything. Like there's not ever going to be something where I'm like, no, let's not do that thing. Like <laughs> do it all. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you again, Connor, for joining us. Yes. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you on social media, how to listen to your show, all that good stuff? Oh, yeah. I'm promoting my show. I forgot. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Renoites is on all of the podcast apps. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, basically everywhere. Uh, Renoites.com. If you you know go to actual normal websites, although it's just basically episodes listed there. So no real content otherwise. But I'm also on social media as much as I hate social media. Uh, Facebook and Instagram at Renoites. Um, so check it out and and comment, reply, send me messages, whatever. I love talking to people. So I try to always engage on social media. So, like, don't be shy. I'm a pretty, like, normal, approachable person, and it's fun to chat with people that listen to the show. So if you listen to an episode and you like it or you hate it or you want to talk some shit at me, uh, send me a message. I'm ready. DM's open. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again. And make sure you check out Caesar and I every Friday night from 9 to 11, where we play nothing but the best in all things hip-hop, only on 97.7 K-Wink, or you can stream at www.kwinkradio.org. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming on once again. And uh, still off the signing out. Sean saying uh, peace and uh, enjoy cuffing season. Thanks, guys.